Till Death Do Us Part is a satirical true crime podcast hosted by a dysfunctional married couple who discuss other dysfunctional relationships. If you can't handle that, don't go away mad. Just go away. Hello, and welcome to episode 56 of Till Death Do Us Part. I am Daniel. And I am Melissa. Welcome back, everyone. We're just sitting here in our pajamas. Is that what we call these? I don't know. Just a big shirt and no bra. And Me- I'm saying this is my pajamas. <laughs> Me too. That's the way I like you. In a big shirt with no bra? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's early in the morning. We're just going to get through this and move on with our day. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We are going to blow your minds. Just blow it open, people. Actually, I have no idea. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you never know. You never know which case is going to just affect you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's just jump on in. We'll do a shout out to one of our 11 listeners. So this is five stars, and it's called Seriously Funny. And this is from Sloopy Lou. Sloopy Lou. I like that. That's cute. What's up, Sloopy Lou? (laughs) Daniel Melissa add humor to my true crime addiction. I love the way Melissa presents the cases and Daniel's factoids make me laugh and sometimes go, hmm. Hmm. The chemistry they have is awesome. There are times my response is the same as Daniel's. WTH. Uh Uh-oh. What the hell? Yep. Hoping they do the lemon case, as I would love to hear their thoughts. Yes, Sloopy Lou, we are going to do the lemon case. There you go. See? Yes, we are doing that. That is what we consider a local Bakersfield case. It did happen up the mountain in Tehachapi area. Thank you so much for your review and your kind words. And we are having a blast. Thank you very much. We will both continue to WTH our way through this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Daniel, you got some factoids for me? I do. All right. Hit me with your best shot. That's not appropriate. It's not? This is very serious. Oh, that's right. This is very serious, and these are serious Facts that I am about to present. (laughs) All right. Well, get serious. Okay. I am serious. Okay. Serious. These are all body facts as opposed to body fats. I was just going to say body fat. Fact. Fact. Because that's what you asked for. Okay. What? You asked for facts. Just the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Okay. Here we go. We produce enough spit to fill two (laughs) swimming pools in our lifetime. (laughs) And every person's saliva spit is a different consistency. So if you had put these swimming pools next to each other, they would be drastically different thicknesses of spit water that you would dive into. Gross. I had had to give you that image of diving into a giant swimming pool of spit that you've produced over your lifetime. But see, now that we're talking about spit, my mouth now all of a sudden is like full of spit. You're drooling all over the place. I am. So some people's are like thicker. Their spit is thick. Oh, okay. Do I have thick spit? 
It's, it seems pretty normal to Does me. Does it? I mean, with I all know. the other girls you've made out with yeah. in your life? Okay. I guess it depends like on everything. If it's morning, noon, night, if you've been eating, yeah, the thickness of it, real watery, or if it's more like mucusy. Good thing I was um I was a late bloomer. Yeah. So I don't have much to compare you to. You don't have a lot of spit experience. Right. Gotcha. So to me, you are nice. I spit Your normal. spit is nice. All right, you're welcome. Yes. Uh the average nose makes about a cup of mucus a day. No. No way. Okay. I'm just Do you know how big a cup these. is? Yes, I know what a cup is. <laughs> I am a measurement expert. You don't know what six inches is. I do mix up centimeters and inches. You're correct with that. The metric system. Okay. The average nose creates about a cup of mucus a day. We swallow on average one and a half pints of mucus per day. I wonder how many calories are in mucus. Is that why I'm chubby? Okay. But your body needs it. And it coats. I mean, you would be in a world of hurt if you didn't, because mm. all the stuff attaches to that, and then your body filters it all out. Oh, right. So then so you, you swallow would, it and it filters it out. Yeah, you don't want okay. a dry nose, or you would be really sick and miserable. No, my mom had dry nose syndrome and then got addicted to that saline stuff that you put in your nose, and she had to wean herself off of that. Oh, the old DNS. What's that? Dry nose syndrome. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I remember she say that she was addicted to it and had to wean herself off like like a drug or something. You said wiener. All uh, right. So anyway, <laughs> uh you are taller in the morning. Did you know that? Yes, because By you were laying a, flat. A lot. A whole centimeter. Wow. On average. Because soft cartilage between your bones compress throughout the day. Oh, and that's why you get you get hunched over by the end of the day. Right. Okay. So there you go. Go see your chiropractor and you will get taller. The entire surface of your skin is replaced every month. Like a snake? Yes. Wow. No, not all at once, but throughout the course of a month, it's replaced. Could you imagine if God made us like snakes, like where we would just slough off our skin in one whole piece? That would make... It's my time of the month, a whole different discussion. <laughs> like, oh, you know what? Yeah, she can't go tonight because it's it's that time of the month. Because she's sloughing off her, her entire outside. Yeah. Every minute we shed 30,000 dead skin cells, which wow. backs up that shedding of your skin. Mm, yummy. This is fun. If you notice that, you know, people usually don't replace their mattress very often. Like a lot of people will sleep on the same mattress for years. But can't you sleep on the same mattress for years? Of like if you take care of it? Okay. Yeah, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. So your bed mattress is much heavier after years of sleeping because of all the dead skin cells that it has absorbed over the years. Oh, so God. that weight is think all that. dead skin cells. All right. We're cleaning our mattress right when this is done. Yeah. That's um, frightening. The average person farts enough every day to fill a party balloon. <laughs> and obviously that changes with diet because some people can fill a party balloon every five minutes, depending. Yeah. Like that woman who was selling her farts in a jar and made a fortune. She did. But then she started changing her diet to basically cause herself to constantly fart. And it created like a medical issue. So she had to stop. Yeah, she ended up. She made a couple hundred grand. 
Yeah, but she ended up messing enjoying. up her digestive yeah. tract and yeah. all these things. The with doctors farts. are like, um, please stop eating like bean soup twenty four hours a day. Wow. She must have been fun to be around during that whole time. She's like, Oh, oh wait, it's a good one. Wait, 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 stop. Go get me a jar. That's disgusting. What if she like sharded in the jar? Did it cost more? I don't know. I was gonna say, like, how how do you determine to charge is it based right. on what? Okay, this is a jar of farts right. from Taco me Bell. eating the exactly. This is a Taco Bell jar. Your fingernails grow four times faster than your toenails. Really? Yep. I feel like my toenails. That are is absolutely claws. true. I'm constantly cutting my fingernails. They grow constantly. Yeah, I'm constantly biting my fingernails. I just said constantly twice. Constantly. I know that's annoying. And I that's constantly annoying. said constantly. You need to change that up. That's annoying. Your eyelashes last approximately 150 days and they fall out. Oh, okay. That's it. It's your lifespan. There are more colorblind men than women. Yes. Mm-hmm. You knew that? I didn't know that. I did know that. I did hair with a guy, with a gentleman who liked himself a lot and he thought he was really good at hair and he was, and he was colorblind. No. Yes. How the hell do you do hair? Exactly. Isn't it all about color? 100%. And shit. All right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he's listening to this, sorry, dude. You ever feel like you're kind of in a brain fog? All the time. Okay. Well, you're in luck. Your brain replaces itself every two months. What? It rebuilds itself every two months. Your it, brain? Your brain. Then how come people get traumatic brain injuries and they stay in the state that they're in? That is a great question. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it rebuilds whatever's there, mm. but it doesn't grow doesn't grow but it rebuilds itself that's interesting it replaces itself uh your liver replaces itself completely in six weeks thank god which is why they say that if you are say an alcoholic Mm -hmm. you can actually fix your liver before it's too late and heal it and let it basically heal itself and replace itself and you'll be back to normal what about cirrhosis of the liver when well, that's people where, die from cirrhosis yeah of the that's liver. where it's gotten so bad it, it doesn't oh. it just basically rots okay fun times your stomach lining replaces itself every three to four days wow yeah and it has to because of all the acid in your stomach thank god because all these kids nowadays eat all those flaming hot cheetos yep. and all those really disgusting chips that I can't believe parents are still buying their kids. Sorry, no judgment here. But those kids, they have to be ruining the inside of their stomach lining. They can't. It replaces itself. Yeah. However. Shoot. So I can't keep telling kids that you, they're going to mess up their stomach lining? Yeah, but you have to give it a break every once in a while. Mm, there's kids that eat a bag a day of yeah. these hot chip things. You know, I do say everything in moderation except for meth. Yes. So there's that. There's that. Moderation. Um, Here's a fun fact. If you give Viagra to cut flowers, it'll make them stand up straight a week longer than normal. It has nothing to do with our body. I just happened to write it down. And I thought that was fascinating basically to show that Viagra works. That is fascinating. So that leftover bottle of Viagra that we got in Ensenada... Yes, we can use that. It's probably fake. And um, anything in the flowers. you buy in Ensenada is probably not real. Not phenamine. That stuff's real. That cracks you out. It's not good for you. <laughs> they said that typically we don't buy drugs in Ensenada. No. I'm totally joking, you guys. I would not buy we anything. We do know people that do that, and to each their own. But I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> I'm actually not a good tourist because I don't want to buy anything anymore 
Do you know that when you blush, your stomach lining also blushes? What? That's due to adrenaline. Like your stomach lining turns pink? Yep. Yep. That's cute. Yeah. It's because of the adrenaline and it opens up all of your vascular areas. Mm. Anyway, similar. A large percentage of the dust around your home is made up of old skin flakes. Well, yeah, you did say we shed a lot, so... kind of has to do with the previous facts. Yeah. We transfer more germs by shaking hands than kissing. Oh, hey. So... That's interesting. Don't shake hands, just kiss each other. Oh. Right? Yeah. Is that the... That, to me, seems the logical follow-up to that. Okay. Stress causes more earwax production, and worry-induced earwax smells worse than stress-free <laughs> wax. What? Yep. I never would have thought that. Okay, for all you people that are a sniff-everything kind oh. of personality, if you're really stressed, put your finger in your ear and give it a good sniff. Uh, uh, oh, God. And if it smells really bad... Try and see if you can associate that with your current stress level. Okay, but there had to be people that were sniffing people's earwax for science purposes, and then they're trying to find out their life to see if it actually correlates. Okay, so now I have decided that when I grow up, I do not want to be an other person's ear-sniffing wax sniffer person. Doesn't sound appealing to me either. Oh, my gosh. No. All right. Thank you. Here's my final fact. Okay. I think I figured out the origin of man. Oh, the let's true, hear the it. The true origin. Oh, right. It's, is it monkeys? Okay. So animals, and we are part of the animal kingdom. Kingdom. They are either protostones or deuterostones. I have no idea. The first in utero develops mouth first. So the mouth starts growing. Okay. The second develops anus first. <laughs> Humans are the second. Yeah. So we develop butthole first. Butthole to mouth. So that is not, no, don't imagine that. <laughs> A little. So Centipede. did you know that? I didn't know that. I did not know that. No. So we develop buttholes first. Yeah. So the true origin of man is not from earth. It is from Uranus. <laughs> did you just make that up? I did. <gasps> I did. I literally did. And that that is the conclusion to this week's factoids. High five. High five. No, you got to hit my hand. High five myself. No friends. Okay. (laughs) That was awesome. Brian Regan. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Mm hmm. All right, Daniel. Yes, Melissa. You ready for my case? I'm ready. All right, I'm about to read my middle school book report for you. Good. Good. I like your reports. (laughs) This is the case of David and Patricia Swinehart. Okay. On the cold and wintry morning of January 19th, 1982, in a dirty back alley in the borough of Pottstown, Pennsylvania... A bloodied and frozen body was found lying face down across the back seat of a very fancy automobile, a Cadillac Eldorado. Heck yeah. The body appeared to be that of an affluent gentleman. 
The man was wearing a collared shirt, dark slacks, a tie, and suspenders. What once was a white shirt was now stained with the deep red color of dried blood. He looked to have been stabbed in his back multiple times and beaten about the head with a heavy object. Oh, jeez. The man also appeared to have been placed in the car after the assault. Within a few minutes, police realized that they knew this car and possibly the deceased man. Could this be the body of Pottstown's most favorite and wealthy son? It sure appeared to be his car. After photographing the scene, the body was removed and placed face up onto a stretcher. It was then that the investigators were able to see the man's face. They knew right away that they had been right. This was the body of 44-year-old David Swinehart, Pottstown's golden boy, and that this was, in fact, his treasured Eldorado. Police needed to tell David's family that he had been found, including his soon-to-be ex-wife, 39-year-old Patricia Swinehart. But how would Patricia take the news? Would she be the grieving spouse, or did Patricia already know? Oh, the plot thickens. It does. Wait, okay, so 82, he's 44, and his prized via, and he's super rich, right? Very wealthy? A- appearances can be deceiving, but yes. Ah, okay. No, it's mm-hmm. fine. So I understand cars and all that. You're a That's car guy. That's an interesting car for his, to be his favorite, especially 1982. Yeah, it was an Eldorado. Because an 82 Eldorado is not something I want. <laughs> No, but is it something that other people want? No. Do we see 82 Eldorados at car okay, shows? At 44, an Eldorado, that's, I don't know. In 1982, I think it would be more of like a Ferrari. Because yeah. Ferrari had some, I loved the late 70s, even though the cars, the engines weren't as fast and stuff. They had some actually really cool stuff, the European sports cars in the early 80s. So you would have chosen a Ferrari over in Cadillac Eldorado? In 1982, absolutely I would. Okay. All right. Besides the Betty Gore murder that we just did that took place in Texas, Mm -hmm. my last three cases have been out of Pennsylvania. Oh, that's true. I don't know why Pennsylvania is a great place. They just have really funky murders between spouses. It's also a very old, one of the oldest parts of the United States. That's true. That's true. But I am not picking on Pennsylvania. I'm not. These cases just happen to be from there. So I'm going to say goodbye to Pennsylvania for a while after this case. And we're going to move on to Connecticut, actually. Oh, (laughs) This is my next one. You just let that slip (laughs) out. I just let that slip out. It happens. (laughs) Pottstown is actually a borough located about 40 miles northwest of Philadelphia. What is a borough? Oh, look at that. Ground squirrel burrow. Well, here you go. I learned all about burrows. I'm guessing it's spelled differently. Yes. Ah, It's B-O-R-O-U-G-H. Okay. That's a burrow. It's basically a town that has its own government. It will have different tax rates and like different parking regulations, stuff like that. It can be part of a bigger city, but it has a more formal division than just a neighborhood. So New York City is made up of five boroughs, which is the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. So they all kind of govern themselves. Gotcha. Which Pottstown governed itself. So Mm -hmm. is, um, is Disney World considered a borough? 
Disney World is its own thing. It's its own city, its own municipality. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I mean, right now, it still is. (laughs) Right. No, no, yeah, I was just, it was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Police traveled to the large and rural Swinehart Estate on Moggers Mill Road. The estate was less than 10 minutes from the town. The home was once shared by David and Patricia during their almost 20-year marriage. Nice. Yeah, so this area is, like I said, very rural, so it's very green and lots of trees. And it's that area, that type of area that we don't really understand in California where you don't have fences. Oh. You don't have fences in between the properties. It's just kind of sprawling. Well, at this time in 1982, it was just kind of sprawling with these old estates just sporadically around. I think that's common out there. I think so, too. Still is. That's always hard for me when I think about moving anywhere outside of California because sometimes a lot of places don't have fences. (laughs) Yeah. How do you not have fences between you and your neighbors? I don't know. What if you hate your neighbors? Right. I don't know. That's, yeah. Patty acted surprised and very upset when she was told that David had been found dead. Patty immediately thought about how she and David's four kids were going to take the news. Their children ranged in age from 6 to 17 years old. Wow. Invest- they, what? They've been at it a while. They it's uh, quite a spread. They just kept going. Investigators asked Patty about she and David's relationship. She told them that she and David had been separated since the beginning of 1981. Oh, so boy. almost a year. Yeah. They've been separated a year. Patty told investigators that the last time she had seen David was when he had come over for dinner on Friday, January 15th. Okay. So it was really a little over three days before his body was found. Oh, okay. David and Patty were trying to keep the divorce as civil as possible. For the children, of course. Of course. David would come over many nights during the week to hang out with the kids and have dinner. And that Friday was no exception. At one point during the evening, Patty left the home to get their youngest child a new box of crayons. 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 <laughs> Did you do you call them crayons? Crayons. How is that crayon? You left the whole middle of the word out. <laughs> it's crayons. Crayons sounds too proper. I thought you said it, crayons. It, it. Yeah, but that's the proper way. You got to say it the way it should be said. Okay. At one point during the evening, Patty left the home to get their youngest child a new box of crayons. (laughs) Doesn't sound right. Yes, it does, because that's how you say crayon. You say crayon, crayon. You don't say crayons. You know what crayons are? Yeah. Yeah. I know what crayons are. They're cranberries turned into damn raisins. That's what crayons are. They have crayon apple, crayon raspberry. It's something that goes in front of something labeled on the side of a juice bottle. That's what a crayon is. Okay. Crayon. Well, it's been 42 years of saying crayons. (laughs) Okay. Don't say crayon. (laughs) After Patty returned to the home, David had left. That was around 9 p.m. That's it. That's all Patty knew. Mm -hmm. There had been rumors floating through the social circles of Pottstown for years about the infidelity between both David and Patty. So it was no surprise to most residents that the couple had decided to split up. Yeah. Everyone usually knows. Yeah, people don't hide it very well. I mean, people say, oh, we didn't want anyone to know. Everyone knows. that It shows. It does show. Yeah. For sure. 
As police were leaving the Swinehart estate, they happened to notice a large blood stain in the snow on the driveway near a fence that kind of surrounded the house. It was like one of those low wooden fences, more for decoration, really. Gotcha. When asked about the blood stain, Patty said it must have been an animal that was hit by a snowplow or a large vehicle. Sure. But this was right in front of the house. Right. She would have known if a snowplow hit a big old animal. Yeah. Anyways. I would have said, oh, the kids were making snow cones with um, fruit punch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's not funny. 44-year-old David Swinehart's body had been taken to the local morgue for an autopsy. He had blunt force trauma to his head and body and 14 stab wounds throughout his back. David had been brutally attacked. Investigators at the crime scene noted that David must have been attacked at another location and then put in the backseat of his car, still alive. David's heart continued to pump his blood, which caused the blood to pool onto the floor mats of the vehicle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was still alive, even with 14 stab wounds. He was still alive. Plus, there was no blood splatter found inside the car. Gotcha. So So if you... Yeah, it would have been horrible. Yeah, if he would have been intact in his car, especially with stabbing motion, there would be blood splatter all over that back seat. But since there wasn't, they knew that he had been attacked in another location and then brought into that alley in his car. Yeah. So I guess unlike the movies where a guy gets stabbed with a tiny knife into the back and instantly falls to the ground dead, the back's pretty tough. You have to really pick. You have to pick pick, a good location. Yeah. I mean, you could probably survive, obviously with help, but. You could survive for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. In 1973, after David and Patty were married, his business was worth an estimated $20 million. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. David was a Pottstown real estate magnet, buying and developing properties. He wasn't selling pot? No, not oh. at this time. Gotcha. Mm-mm. David was considered, quote unquote, the richest and most successful man in town. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was very much this town's little golden boy Because he grew up there. His family was there. He had made a name for himself. Okay. After marrying Patty, the couple became a Pottstown staple. They made their rounds from social event to social event. Patty even becoming known as a socialite. That's what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. But things began to sour in the Swinehart marriage. David worked a lot and Patty needed constant attention. Mm-hmm. After 10 years of marriage, the Swinehearts began looking for love and affection from other people. They became swingers. No. No. No, no. No. Just... They had their own relationships. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. In January of 1981, a year before David's murder, he moved out of the big house and in with his girlfriend. The Swinehart marriage was over. But the separated spouses continued to make their four beautiful children a priority, keeping the estrangement civil for the kids. But out of earshot from the children, the ex-couple, they were in a battle. I bet. Yeah, they were battling it out. David even bugging the phone system in Patty's home. Nice. Yeah. I like that. He had his suspicions that Patty was in the midst of an affair, but to whom he didn't know. But I know. I bet you do. I do. Wait I a minute. Okay, so he was bugging her phone, mm-hmm. even though he moved out 
into his girlfriend's apartment. Right. But Isn't they were that... just they were in the middle of a battle for money, the kids, the house, everything. So he wanted to have something to hold over her head as well. Isn't that kind of like Pottersville calling the kettle black? Potter's Town. Potter's Town. Pot's Town. Pot's Town. Let me say that, that again. That would have been good if you said it right. Let me say it again. Okay. Isn't that kind of like the Pot's Town calling the kettle black? <laughs> I mean, what That sounded he- much better. What yes. the hell? <laughs> WTH. Okay, I have another quick thing I'm going to ask. Yes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What's with always people go such and such person and their three beautiful children they're four beautiful children what if they're not beautiful do they ever not say that do well, we ever say because it's not the kids fault no, no, no. I'm so just you don't want to say they're four ugly ass children <laughs> I, just, I mean that's not nice that's no, but the it's just, family it's just funny because it's like they they always refer to people as their beautiful children yeah and it's it's just interesting do we refer to our children as our beautiful children no i refer to them as our spawn Yes, because that's what they are. They are the spawn of my loins. So, I mean, why and, would I call them anything and else? mine. Okay. Well, you, you had fun doing it. I didn't. Ouch. <laughs> no, I mean giving birth. Ouch. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I see how it is. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. I totally said the wrong thing. <laughs> it's okay. I don't, we don't have to do it anymore. Oh, shut it's, up. We had our two. It's enough. <laughs> shut up. All right. Carry on with you. Uh, no, I mean I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk badly about the family of the I, no, murder no, I'm not victim. Saying, it's just funny because I always hear that. I'm like, yes. oh, they're beautiful children. They're beautiful yeah. children. Well, they were beautiful. That's what everybody said. Oh, okay, all right. They In actually the four were. Four articles I could find on this case, gotcha. but we'll talk more about that after. All right, perfect. Sorry. <laughs> 39-year-old Patty Swinehart was having adult aerobics with 23-year-old Tom DeBlaze. Tom was very tall and athletic, having been a football star in high school. It's like me. Tom was the quarterback. Did you play football in high school? No. No, you didn't. Did you play any sports in high school? No. (laughs) No, I'm a dork and a nerd. It's fine. I accept it now. This does sound like you, though. He had dark hair and rugged good looks. Sure. You are. You're like Paul Bunyan. You're kissing my ass now. I have to if I want to get laid ever again. Oh, my gosh. No one wants to hear that. (laughs) He was the all-American cutie pie. Those are my words. Sounds like it. I'm sure he was. Yeah. I'm sure he was. Oh, and he also happened to be Patty's nephew. But not by blood, by marriage. Stop. Are you serious? (laughs) It wasn't by blood. (laughs) It wasn't that other case that we did where she was banging her sister's son. Yeah, nothing like uh, finding new love at the family reunion. Yes. Tom was David's sister's son. Tom was David. Okay. All right. Tom was the guy she was having the affair with. Right, right. Yeah, so he was David's sister's son. Is there really no one else out there? That you have to go to the family to find someone? Well, at this time, Pottstown was a very small town. So, I mean, it was a borough. But there's other towns (laughs) out in the world. She does realize there's roads leaving their town that enter to other towns that she could travel on. So she doesn't have to go within the family to find new love, right? Yeah, it's not like the Truman Show. (laughs) Right. I love the Truman Show. (laughs) You do like that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. By the spring of 1981, the two were in a full-fledged affair. 
According to Patty, the relationship was purely sexual. Oh, good. As long as that's all it was. And she liked that Tom was young enough to mold into whatever she wanted him to be. What's with the molding? He was moldable. What's with the mold? I think women have a (laughs) weird fantasy like, oh, my gosh, if I could just mold him into something. Yeah. Like we're a blob of clay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Go ahead. You really can't mold anybody into no, what you, absolutely you want them not. to be. It ends up cracking. They'll fake it for a while and just go with it. Because, but then it cracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once you heat it up. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, like I said, their relationship was completely sexual. Perfect. They were yeah. just in the throes of this passionate affair. Sneaking around. So you know. she has evidently entered her prime her is, sexual prime. Is what I'm going with at 39. Lucky. Right? Yeah. I got to wait like 10 more years for my sexual prime. Is that prime. when it's going to happen for you? I don't know. We should start keeping a calendar. Okay. <laughs> See, again, we just lost another at least five listeners at this yes, point. That's okay. That's okay. We'll get them back. <sighs> Pretty soon it's just going to be us listening to ourselves. Okay. Which is like most people. And my mom. My mom will listen. She's not going to listen. (laughs) Patty and Tom tried to be very discreet, but in August, five months into the relationship, David discovered the affair thanks to the phone wiretaps he had installed. He already has a girlfriend. He does, but he's not banging his niece. I mean, that is good evidence right there that she is maybe not the best mother if she's banging her nephew by marriage. Okay, but then he's, I mean, I. it's by marriage, so technically nothing illegal is happening. No, nothing illegal. So why can't she nail the, the nephew if he's nailing his girlfriend? Because it just sounds dirty. Well, it is, but. Yeah, doesn't sound good. I mean, I'm having an affair with my Aunt Patty. That does not sound good. No, it doesn't right. sound good. You're right, yeah. that does not yeah. sound good. Okay, I'm with you. In October of 1981, Patty finally filed for divorce. She wanted the house, the kids, and $10,000 a month in alimony, which is about $30,000 today. Damn, 30 grand a month? Yeah. Well, or 10 grand, yeah. But what Patty didn't know was that she wouldn't be getting $10,000 a month in alimony. She wouldn't even be getting $100 a month from David. David's land development business was in debt, leaving David flat broke. The Swinehearts were land rich and cash poor. (laughs) Interest rates on properties at that time were about 17%. That's awesome. That's insane. I can't wait till it's like that here in two years. (laughs) That's insane. Sorry. 17%. It was high. Yeah, it was high. I think that's the highest it's ever been. Like, I think it was 18% is the highest interest rates have ever been in this country. We could do a money and finance show, but... People will immediately stop listening at that point. But yeah. yes, that yeah. was uh, prime yeah. time in the 80s. David cannot afford to develop any of his properties. Nope. Patty was livid. She had no idea. She had absolutely no idea that they were in any sort of debt or financial issue. Sucks to be her. Could David have been murdered by possible investors or someone he owed money to? No. You know why? Why? Because then you wouldn't get any money out of someone. That's true. You keep people alive if you think they can, if they're capable of giving you something. That's true. You only kill people that have no more use. 
Investigators could not find any connection to that theory. David was actually loved by all. All except for Patty. But she had to love him at some point. She they, did, they but not at this time. S- seven kids. Four kids. Four kids. They made four children. Four children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, She yeah. loved him four times. At least four times. Mm-hmm. Investigators kept digging and discovered that David did have a life insurance policy worth $523,000, which is worth about $1.5 million today. Okay, and that's decent, but not... I mean, if you go from match. zero to $523,000, that's a little bit of a motive. Yeah. Better than nothing, that's for sure. And Patty was the beneficiary. Did I say that word? And Patty was the beneficiary. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But only up to the date of January 16th. Come January 17th, Patty was no longer to receive any money from that policy. Why? Because David's attorney told him he needed to get her off of his life insurance policy. Oh, yeah. And okay. so the final date of her being on that policy was January 16th. David disappeared on January 16th. Gotcha. I mean, he was murdered January 15th. That seems like he a coincidence. on the 16th. Is that a coincidence? No. That he just happened to disappear the day that she would have gone off of his policy? That couldn't just be a coincidence, right? I don't believe in coincidences. No. David was conveniently found dead on January 19th. How is that convenient? Really three days after the last time he had been seen by his children at their mom's house. Okay. Okay. So he's seen on the 15th. Yeah. They believe he's murdered on the 15th. Okay. His body's not found until the morning of the 19th. Hmm. So if he did die on the 15th, that end date for her being on the policy was the 16th. So oh, she boy. would still get that money because he died on the 15th. Sure. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yes. But there was absolutely zero physical evidence tying Patty to David's murder. Only circumstantial at best. Since it was 1982 and forensic DNA evidence was not really invented yet, the blood stain found outside Patty's home could not be analyzed. The only way to prove that blood was David's was with a confession. That wasn't happening. David's murder went cold, and so did the relationship between Patty and her nephew, Tom. I could see that. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could see that yeah. would kind of cold, throw a cold blanket over their relationship. <laughs> yeah. So in 1982, they couldn't use DNA wow. for analysis. So, so they it, could never find out if that was really David's blood out front. So they take samples, though. Even though they can't do anything with it, right? Yes. Because isn't that how they've been solving cold case yes. murders? Mm-hmm. Because they... they knew there was a possibility from blood evidence that they could find out all of these things. Right. So they had begun by that time collecting the blood evidence. And then, yeah, now things are Anticipating being Anticipating that uh, technology would allow them in the future yes. to possibly tie people together. Which was super, super smart. Plus, yeah. back then, though, they could tell... If you were type AB, if this person was AB or O, I mean, they could tell that kind of stuff. But I think because it was in the snow, I think it was compromised. Gotcha. In 1985, three years after David's death, a witness by the name of Artie Hall came forward. Artie was a small-time crook and drug addict. Artie confessed to police that on January 15th, 1982, he was drinking in a local Pottstown bar, minding his own business, when three gentlemen approached him 
and asked if he wanted to make some quick cash by helping them rob a local Pottstown man. Artie said, sure. <laughs> Those oh, three gosh. men were Tom DeBlaze, his older brother, Jeffrey DeBlaze, and Jeff's right-hand man, Terry Lee Mott. The four men hung out in the bar for another hour, drinking beer and playing pool. Sure. Until about 8.30 p.m. when Tom received a phone call from behind the bar. When Tom returned to the group, he told them it was time to go. The four men drove over to Patty's house and waited in the bushes for their target. Around 9 p.m., David Swinehart left the residence and walked down the snow-covered driveway to his waiting El Dorado. Before he made it to his car, Jeffrey, who is also his nephew, mind you, you have to remember this, Jeffrey is the older brother of Tom. Oh, my gosh. Which is David's nephew, okay? Just remember that. Jeffrey snuck up behind him and hit him in the head with a bat. Once David was on the ground... Tom took the bat and began beating him with the powerful object. Well, that's not very nice. They're beating their uncle. Uh, Yeah. Why would they do that? Uh, The sad part is is that Uh, David knew who was hitting him repeatedly. His nephews. I can't even imagine that feeling. That's like seeing your kids doing that to you. This poor guy. This uh, poor David. Anyway, okay. Jeff then began stabbing David in the back with a knife over and over again. 14 times to be exact. According to Artie, Jeff yelled out, quote unquote, you never liked our family anyway. Okay, but that is no reason to stab someone 14 times in the back. No. Or beat them to death with a bat. Once David was motionless, the four men carried him to his car and laid him down across the back seat. David was still alive. They drove him to that back alley in downtown Pottstown and left him there to die by himself, not to be found for almost three days. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then they're doing all of this out in front of Patty's house. How did she not hear that? Right. Because they were all inside. They were all inside and the four out. kids because he walked out. So there's the four kids are inside with Patty. How do you not hear someone being beaten like that out um, front of your house? I think, yeah, I think, or notice. Or notice that the car hasn't been turned on until, you know, five, ten minutes later. Like he's just sitting out there. I get, okay, but is this, I mean, without seeing a picture of the estate. Right. Some of these estates are pretty big yeah and maybe the driveway's really long right well it wasn't that long it was probably i don't know like 30 feet maybe oh okay that's not very long no well but this is a pretty big property i mean a home and a state it sounded right? pretty big yeah. i couldn't get the information yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys at the end i, I mean it's possible that you would never hear anything like that because it's not like they shot him that's true and sometimes people okay. can be quiet when they're doing that, as we're sitting here doing this Someone could be beating someone to death in our front yard with a bat and stabbing them. We wouldn't hear a thing. That's true. Unless someone like screamed or yelled. So scream. If anybody's hurting you, scream and scream and scream. If your nephews are coming at you with bats and knives, you better scream and yell. You know what I was told? If you're ever being attacked, a lot of times people won't come to just screams because they're scared as well. You yell fire. That's true. There's nothing more scary to someone living in California than someone yelling fire. Especially right now. 
Yes. We're about to enter fire season. Lucky us. Uh Mm -hmm. After Artie's confession, the four men were soon arrested. Thomas DeBlaze, Tom, was arrested and charged with the murder of his uncle David on May 11th, 1985, but wasn't actually tried until 1996, 14 years after the murder of David. What? What's with the 14-year delay? Tom continued appealing his arrest on the grounds of illegal wiretapping. In Pennsylvania, their wiretapping law is a two-party consent law. It is a crime to intercept or record telephone calls or conversations unless all parties in the conversation have given their consent. Hmm. The state had the phone recordings from the phone tap that David had placed on Patty's home phone. Conversations between Patty and Tom during their affair. The state also had taped recordings between Tom and his older brother, Jeffrey. Jeffrey had agreed to become a police informer and secretly wore a wire to record conversations between he and Tom in 1983 and 1984. Wow. So they were basing their case on these wiretaps. So it kept going to appeal and for 14 years, really. Not 14 years, um, uh, 11 years. 11 years it kept going from appeal to appeal, and it was just oh crazy. My gosh. Yeah, and he was in jail this entire time appealing his case. Yeah. Wow. Tom's defense team was trying to prove that it was illegal for the state to try Tom for the murder of David based on the recorded phone calls between he and Patty at her home and the recorded conversations between Tom and his brother. Tom never consented to being recorded. But the case against Tom DeBlaze finally made it to trial in January of 1996, and on February 2nd, Tom was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Prosecutors believe that Tom wanted David dead so that Patty could receive the hefty life insurance payout, and the two of them could continue their love affair and play house. I guess. So he was mad, but what, why was he so mad enough to, kill his to uncle? target his uncle and kill him because not like he would receive the money because who's to say she doesn't drop him immediately once she gets the money and she did i think she would have yeah yeah. because realistically a 40 year old woman doesn't want a young guy like that what speak for yourself yeah but it's drama (laughs) it is drama in 1985 jeffrey deblaze was convicted of first degree murder in connection with the death of his uncle he is serving life in prison Jeffrey was able to avoid the death penalty by turning state's witness against his brother, Tom. That's oh. when they were doing the, the where he wore a wire during conversations with his brother. But Jeffrey's the one that stabbed him to death. Ooh. Not Tom. So, so technically, I mean, okay, so that's why they didn't, like, give him a shorter sentence. Right. Because he still did literally stab he him to death. He killed him. Right. Really. So, yeah, he he's serving life in prison. So they took the death penalty off in exchange for him turning turning against his brother. Yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. Artie Hall pled guilty to conspiracy to commit robbery and was sentenced to two to five years in prison. Now, he went to that home under the guise of robbing this man, not killing this man. Oh. So actually, this really affected Artie for the rest of his life because he did not know that they were going to kill him. Right. So he witnessed a murder and then his life just spiraled down and then he couldn't live with it anymore. And he went on his own 
to the police station and told them what had happened three years later. Yeah. Terry Lee Mott was acquitted of all charges, but many years later, he did admit to serving a bigger role in the murder of David. Why would you admit that? I don't know. Right? Maybe to be cool, like thinking, oh, I'm going to tell everybody I I was the one that killed him. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. So ultimately, what happened to Patty? Did she get the money? Because technically, she didn't kill him. Right. Well, and did they prove funny you should he... ask. Patty was Did arrested. Did he die in time? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, for her to get the money? Yes. Okay. Well, Patty was arrested on July 28th, 1993, more than 11 years after David's murder. The state finally felt ready to prosecute Patty as the mastermind behind David's death. Ah, okay. She persuaded Tom to kill David, not only for the promise of financial gain, but also the promise of a relationship. Tom then persuaded his brother Jeffrey and his friend Terry Lee to carry out the murder with him, only bringing Artie Hall in the mix the night of the killing. Okay, do you know what this sounds very similar to? What's that? The case, and I forget the names, but the case you told me with the woman from the school who convinced her student to kill her her husband, remember? Yes. And then he Um, brought in his- Pam Gaga. Yes, Pammy. Yeah. And then she he convinced some of his friends to help him. Right. But ultimately, she was the mastermind. She was the one so who he, did it. Yeah. Even though he did it, he was coerced by her and manipulated by her. Now, he was more- By like, her vagina. It's very- Her um, kitty cat. It's it's amazing. It does have a lot of power over men. Um. So- so kind of, it's kind of similar. Obviously, he was it more is, a of little a, bit. No, I get it. Mi- he was a minor. Yeah, in he that was case. fifteen at that. Yeah, time. it's a horrible, horrible story. Mm-hmm. But still, an older woman, right? In this right. case, same, similar, mm-hmm. managed to manipulate and convince him to kill her spouse. And then that young man brought in and other it was, helpers, and it was also a horrific. Murder like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, it's horrible. See, I do remember things you, you tell me. You do, yes, Greg. Poor Greg Gaga. Great. Yeah. And what was that? In case someone's curious and hasn't heard it, that was the case of Greg and Pamela Smart. That's right. Okay, mm. so you guys, if you listen to this and then go listen to that, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's actually interesting. It's, that was it's one of our sad... first ones that we did. Yeah. So it cut us some slack. It was a long time ago, and I apologize (laughs) for my mumbling and stumbling. (laughs) All right. So the state believes that Patty had left her home before 8.30 p.m. on that Friday, January 15th, 1982, under the guise of getting new crayons, crayons. Oh, my gosh. From the store for their young child. They believe Patty then called the bar from a nearby payphone telling Tom that David would be leaving the house soon. The bartender remembered that the person who called the bar asking for Tom was a woman's voice. Oh. Mm-hmm. It was too much of a coincidence that Patty's name was being removed as David's beneficiary on his life insurance the very next day. But in February of 1994, Patty was acquitted of all charges and free to go. Prosecutors what? just couldn't tie her to the crime. It was all circumstantial and plenty of reasonable doubt. Are you serious? Right. But there was motive. That yeah. money was of motive. Of course it was. And the affair could be put into the motive box as well. So she got away with she it. She got away with it. 
What mm-hmm. the hell? Right. But I believe if you have been prosecuted or thought of as a murderer or a mastermind, you do not get that insurance payout. If there's any doubt as to what happened to this person, you do not get that insurance payout. Huh. I don't know if that's in Pennsylvania, because I know it's state to state, but right. that's most states. If there's any reasonable doubt or question, you do not get that payout. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Interesting. Are you ready for a fun fact? I am always ready for fun stuff. Patty and Tom's relationship ended only a few days after David's murder. She ghosted him. <laughs> so even back then, they did that. Yeah. But Tom still refused to testify against Patty during her trial. And he was held in contempt and all these kind of things, right? But I think he refused to testify against Patty because he then would be admitting his guilt, to which he still denies to this day. You want to know why I think he didn't want to do that? Yeah, why? Pride and ego. Mm. Because then he has to admit he was used by her. Oh, okay. That's absolutely. a little spin. Yeah, absolutely I get it. it is. Okay. Because even men are stupid. <laughs> we will do the dumbest things because of ego and pride. Mm. I mean, women do too, but not as much as men. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We will drive around all day long and not ask for directions. I know that's a cliche. It's but true, it's, though. It's true if you apply that to other things. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing. Right. We would rather not have to... Admit we don't know something or that we were taken advantage of. So we'll try and spin it so that we we don't have to give up our ego. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, I think like you, you kind of nailed it. Yeah. What did I say? Well, then he would also be admitting guilt, but it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, it's pride. He would then not only be admitting that she took advantage of him, but then he'd also have to admit that he actually did it. Yeah. And, wow. th- and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. You are, baby. Yeah, we're stupid. <laughs> we are stupid. Women can get away with a lot and men are dumb, which is why we don't. Right. I could not for the life of me find out if any of these people are still alive. I know that Artie was released from jail after time served. Patty never went to prison. And that Tom and Jeffrey, if they are still alive and kicking, they're still in prison to this day. So if Patty's still alive, she would be 78 today. Okay. And if Tom's still alive, he is 62. He's still alive. I bet she's alive I think they're still alive because I feel like I would have been able to find if they had died. Okay. So immediately, here's my plan for when we are involved in a murder. Oh, Um, (laughs) jeez. I am changing my name, everything, the whole nine. You'll never find me again. Yeah, I mean, if I get out of something, if I manage to either get out of prison or never go to prison. Well, who are you going to kill? I don't know. I'm just saying this is a we're sitting here talking about it. All right. So (laughs) ultimately, I wouldn't. Why would you were not going to keep your same name? You're not going to live in the same town. No, I would disappear. And I think most people would, too. So that's probably why it's very hard to find people like that. Because you can change your name in prison, too. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you could you could change it to a nickname you received while you're in prison. I mean, there's lots of things you could do. I, I mean, like it know. when you make up nicknames yeah, like, for bad people. Yeah, like prison mattress. I don't know, yeah. whatever, whatever you're <laughs> called. So you might even want to not use that name again because that might PTSD and such. But right, right. Anyway. So Daniel, what did you think of my case? I think it's... Fa- <sighs> Were you going to say fascinating? 
No. Oh, okay. It's not fascinating. It's horrible. It is horrible. All of these are horrible. They're horrible, but it's, okay, what is fascinating is what we as people and couples do yes. to try and either get something we we want. Or think we deserve. Or think we deserve. Or try and get out of something that we've done. Right. And it ends up just turning horrible. Mm-hmm. Although in this case, Patty got out of it. But she has to live for the rest of her life knowing she is a horrible mastermind. Or being thought of a horrible mastermind. And what do her kids think of her? Absolutely. Right. I mean, do they believe her or do they not believe her? Like, how do you ever trust a parent like that? Even if she did get the money, was the money worth it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No. I mean, you can go through $1.5 million pretty quickly. Oh, gosh. Just yeah. ask the people that have I won could, the lottery. Shoot. I could go through that going to the grocery store these days and these filling days, up the car. These days. Um, Yeah. And then Tom. Okay. He's he's 62. Mm-hmm. Just his life's done. Yeah. I mean, he's been in prison for a longer amount of time than he was out of prison. Okay. So I mean, that's here's, his entire life. Here's my advice. And his brothers. Here's my advice hmm. for men. Okay. If you're a young man and there's an older woman, at least 20 years your senior, watch out. Watch out because she's scheming. She's already been mm. through stuff. We're smart. Especially if she's married. Oh, st- run away from yeah. her. And vice versa, if you're a 20-something girl, I say girl, and Lady. you meet some dude who's like double your age. And married with kids. And married or even not married. Something ain't right. Run away. Yeah. I don't care. I'm serious. Yeah. It ain't going to turn out good. It usually doesn't turn out very well. No, you like my grammar? It ain't going to turn out good. <laughs> I like it. It's not even going to turn out well. It's not going to turn out good. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble finding information on this case. Yeah. I did. There's very little information about it. I did see it on one of those, I don't know, betrayed or deadly affairs or something like that. There is an entertainment episode of this on one of those shows. I thought David's story is very interesting to me, but I could not find very much information about this. Really, a lot of my information came from one blog post, and I forget what it is. And I got all the appeal records from Tom. Tom's appeal records. Gotcha. If I missed anything, I'm really sorry. I looked and I looked and I looked. So this is what I got for you. So if anybody knows any more information on this case, I would love to hear it. And then maybe I can do a little recap of it at some point. But like we say, David did not deserve to die like this at all. And I feel bad for his family and for his kids and his sister. His sister's two children killed her brother. I mean, that... That is horrible. That is a ripple across the family that's never going to end. No. It's just going to continue. And that David was beaten by two boys that he watched grow up, stabbed oh in the gosh. back by them. That's a good point. And put into the back of his car alive. And they drove him to a back alley and just let him lay there and die. That is horrific, and I feel so bad for. It's David's almost kids. like a mafia hit, right? Almost. Like put, that's what it. That's what I thought it was at first, and yeah. that's why it kind of it kind of grabbed me. And then when it got to the whole affair with a nephew by marriage, and then dragging other people into it, it was like, whoa, this is so much different than what I thought that this was. 
I pictured the scenes because there's a few of them um, from Casino. Yes. Right. Yes. And the El Dorado. Absolutely. Yes. So they they go out and meet in the desert. Right. And Mm -hmm. they shoot these guys and they just or they throw them in a trunk or they throw them in a shallow grave. And it's just it's like a mafia hit or a mob hit or something like that. And so taking someone off of their high point, putting him in there, say, like you said, his beloved Cadillac El Dorado. Yeah. And then leaving him out to be found like they almost want him to be found. So it's actually interesting that these young men decided to do that instead of burying him. Yeah. Why would you why right. wouldn't you try and make him disappear? I think maybe they thought that they could make it look like not a mafia hit, but that it was somebody who was mad at David for financial reasons. Yeah, because he's kind of a um, I don't even know what the word is. He's a business. He's well guy. known in town. Yeah. Right? So he's mm-hmm. he's uh, kind of more of a spectacle. Everyone knows him and sees him. Well, I do have a podcast recommendation of the week. I haven't done one in a little while. Oh, good. This is one that has been big for a long time, so they really don't need our shout out. But I'm just going to tell you what I've been listening to lately, and it's called Going West, which is a true crime podcast, and it's hosted by Heath and Daphne. I believe that they are, too, a couple. They don't really talk about it. But smart. Yeah, that's probably really smart. Good job, Heath and yeah. Daphne. Don't tell people you're a couple. No. And they're just really knowledgeable and really dive into these cases. And I don't know, they're just really good. And they have great voices for podcasting. And I'm I'm a fan. I'm going to read to you what it's about. Daphne and Heath discuss haunting details of different disappearance and murder cases week by week. And they release every Tuesday, like us. Oh, Tuesdays are popular. Yeah. So if you're interested in listening to another couple's podcast, then go listen to them. They are very much true crime. They throw a tiny bit of humor into it, but, you know, they're not ridiculous like we are. No, no one can be as ridiculous as we are. No, not at all. But go check them out. They're really great. I'm having a good time listening to them. Cool. Yeah. Oops, that was my phone. Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Pennsylvania, I will stop picking on you, I promise. Pennsylvania is a beautiful place. I've never been to Pennsylvania. It's got it's so full of history, so it's not we need all, to go. It's not all murder history. No. Although there is a lot of murder history there. There's a lot of murder well, everywhere. It is. But obviously an old place like Pennsylvania is going to mm-hmm. have a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on. So thanks for listening. Yes. You're asking me, are you telling me? Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, Daniel, thanks for listening. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for telling it so well, Melissa. Be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. And divorce is always the better option. Bye. Bye. Bye.